Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah Ashhadu محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الصلاة الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونستهديه ونعوذ بالله تعالى من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأن سيدنا محمدا عبده ورسوله وصفيه من خلقه وخليله بلغ الرسالة وأدى الأمانة ونصح للأمة فكشف الله تعالى به الغم وجاهد في الله حق جهاده حتى أتاه اليقين من ربه اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد الرحمة المهداة وعلى آل بيته الطيبين الطاهرين وعلى أصحابه وعلى من تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون All praises belonging to Allah Azza wa Jal. May the peace and blessings be upon his beloved Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and upon his family and upon his companions and upon his ummah until the day of judgment. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal on this blessed day of Friday to bless the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with fundamental change, 
lasting change, enduring change, that brings about goodness for humanity altogether, that brings about goodness for us as individuals and as families, and as a community. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us agents, agents for change, to use us, to use us to inspire all those around us with the nur of Islam, the nur of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala better the condition of our brothers and sisters in Palestine and in Gaza. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make Gaza a critical milestone for humanity, a turning point. A turning point for goodness, for real change, for humanity altogether. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept their shuhada, their martyrs, to do away with their oppressors, to bring ruin upon those who transgress against all boundaries, who know no sanctity of life or no sanctity um, towards, towards children or towards women or towards those injured or towards prisoners. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to expose their hypocrisy and to expose their plotting and their planning and to make their plotting and planning ultimately against them and against their favor. Allahumma ameen, Allahumma aslih ahwala al-muslimina wal-muslimati fi mashariq al-ardu wa magharibiha ruddana ilayka ya rabbana maraddan jameela wa walli umurana khiyarana wa latwalli umurana shirarana Allahumma aslihna wa aslih bina Allahumma aslihna wa aslih bina اللهم ربنا احقن دماء إخواننا وأخواتنا في غزة وفي فلسطين اللهم إنه قد نزل بهم من البلاء الشديد ما أنت به عليم لا يخفى عليك شيء من أمرهم يا رب العالمين نسألك يا ربنا أن تنصرهم نصرا عزيزا مؤزرا اللهم انصرهم على القوم الظالمين اللهم انصرهم على القوم الظالمين اللهم أمددهم بمددك وانصرهم بنصرك اللهم انصرهم بجند من جندك اللهم رد أعداءهم على أعقابهم خائبين خاسئين خزايا نادمين ولا تجعل لهم صرفا ولا نصرا يا قوي يا عزيز يا قوي يا عزيز أنت حسبنا نعم المولى ونعم الوكيل نعم المولى ونعم النصير أما بعد Brothers and sisters Yesterday was two months to the day when the events in Gaza and Palestine the most recent ones began and in these past two months we've been learning growing as a community as an ummah We've been looking on to what's happening on the ground over there and searching within. How am I supposed to react to this? How am I supposed to feel on the inside? What am I supposed to do? What's the path to change? We began discussing for the past several khutbahs, what is the roadmap for change? What does it look like for us as individuals and as an ummah? We've been discussing things that we see from the people of Gaza that are true signs of Allah for all of us, all together, collectively. Brothers and sisters, these people in Gaza, not having material advantage, yet having such profound influence that they're able to shake our hearts with their response to unimaginable pain. And this led us to speaking about, well, if the people of Gaza are like this, it's not like they're from the time of the companions or the people of the, of the, the Sahaba, of the Prophet ﷺ. How were they able to become like this? How were they able to have such mutawatir? I just want to ask those, please, playing with their phone. It's not the time to take pictures. 
It's not the time to do laghu during the khutbah. Jazakumullah khair. Uh, how can the people of Gaza with such tawatur have such a powerful response to unimaginable pain? It's not like it's one, two, three stories. We're talking about an entire community that is having this collective response. You know, brothers and sisters, we've seen a lot of atrocities, unfortunately, happen in our times. A lot of bad things where lawlessness, the loss of governance, and just chaos happened among people in certain areas of the world. And some of these areas not too far from home, from the first world, the, the, the bastion of modernity and the bastion of democracy. What happened when people had no one to enforce laws upon them? Lawlessness, chaos, gangs rioting, looting. Why don't we see these things in Gaza? Why don't we see gangs coming out, raiding these trucks of aid as they're coming in, everyone selfishly taking all that food and that that water and that, those life-saving supplies for themselves. We don't see this. Brothers and sisters, this is truly an ayah of Allah Azza wa Jal for us. It teaches us, it causes us to reflect. How do people learn how to operate and function? How do people learn how to function and operate? The Quran tells us that Character is something very contagious, whether we're talking about virtue or we're talking about corruption. Whether we're talking about virtue or corruption, we find that we as human beings end up learning behavior from those around us. Wallahi, very true. And those who are able to stay as a candle lit in the darkness are very few. They're the exceptions, they're not the rule. But the reality is when corruption becomes rampant, it spreads infectiously to everyone around it. The same thing when virtue becomes present, it spreads like wildfire to the hearts of everyone around it. This was true from the Prophet ﷺ and the companions. The companions in this great generation that became, how did they become who great, how great they became? They drew their greatness from the Prophet ﷺ. Absolutely true. They had the best of teachers and they became the best of generations. And this is why the Prophet ﷺ was referred to as As-Siraj al-Munir. As-Siraj al-Munir. One who is beautiful within. Siraj, its power source is from within. He is the most beautiful of human beings, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he's also munir, meaning that he reflects light into the hearts of people. He brings out the best of those who interact with him. Those who fall in his orbit become better people. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. This is something foundational, brothers and sisters, in our deen. This whole idea of, hey, you know, it's not enough for you to be good in yourself. No, you have to be muslih لغيرك. You have to be this beacon of light for everyone who interacts with you. Reflecting goodness on them as well. Brothers and sisters, when we look at what's happening on the ground, we find so many stories that inspire. 
Just as we find painful stories, we find in this pain inspiration. We find in this pain inspiration. When we look back at this reality, this concept, this idea of how we as human beings, there's this concept of tabr and tatabur, this concept of what's my nature and what can my nature become? What is my nature? And what can my nature become? A selfish person in the midst of selfless people will find healing from his, this disease, this corrupt, corrosive disease of selfishness. When people start dealing with each other with true ikhlas and sincerity, it inspires trust. It inspires people to become better. We find this, look at this beautiful reference in the end of Surah At-Tawbah about the Prophet ﷺ and the companions. لَقَدْ تَابَ اللَّهُ عَلَى النَّبِيِّ وَالْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ الَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوهُ فِي سَاعَةِ الْعُسْرَةِ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا كَادَ يَزِيغُ قُلُوبُ فَرِيقٍ مِّنْهُمْ ثُمَّ تَابَ عَلَيْهِمْ إِنَّهُ بِهِمْ رَؤُوفُ الرَّحِيمُ it describes the muhajireen and the ansar as being with the Prophet ﷺ in what is referred to as Sa'at al-Usra. A moment of immense trial and difficulty. In the other verse that follows, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhaladheena amanu attaqullah wa kunu ma'as-sadiqeen. Make the right choice for yourself. Be conscious of Allah, don't stop there. Be around people who are Utterly sincere, utterly genuine, utterly truthful. Brothers and sisters, the following verse after that, imagine knowing the Prophet and experiencing what this ayah says. Look at what this ayah, the following verse after that comes. مَا كَانَ لِأَهْلِ الْمَدِينَةِ وَمَنْ حَوْلَهُمْ مِنَ الْأَعْرَابِ أَنْ يَتَخَلَّفُوا عَنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ وَلَا يَرْغَبُوا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ عَنْ نَفْسِهِ It is... Unimaginable for the people of Medina and those in the surrounding areas from that Bedouin Arabs to ever abandon their post alongside the Prophet ﷺ or to prefer their own interests over his. Think about this verse. What did the Prophet ﷺ mean to them as a community, as a society? That selfless, beautiful example of Rasulullah, a life lived for humanity, for bringing change and goodness wherever it went. That's who the Prophet was. It is unimaginable. That's, that's the Quranic expression. How on earth could they abandon the Prophet when the Prophet meant to them so much? He meant to them so much that this city. Yathrib changed its name when Prophet ﷺ came to it. Tab'a and tatabur, my nature and what it can become. How character is utterly contagious, whether we're talking about corruption or we're talking about virtue. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about the same thing about previous nations. He tells us about Fir'aun, Fir'aun and the character he inspired to his people. Allah says, يَقْدُمُ قَوْمَهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ فَأَوْرَدَهُمُ النَّارِ وَبِئْسَ الْوِرْدُ الْمَوْرُودِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Fir'aun will lead his people. Lead them into where? Lead them right into the gateways of hell. 
فأوردهم النار. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وكذلك أخذ ربك in the following verses after that. إذا أخذ القرى وهي ظالمة. Allah speaking to us in this collective reference about when a society, when a nation deserves punishment. Brothers and sisters, speaking to this point a little bit further. When I think about Gaza and about the scenes coming out of there, I really, really need to ask myself this fundamental, basic question. When I see Gaza, where's the weakness in it in terms of them as individuals? Forget about Madda and Dunya for a second. Forget about uh, the money. Forget about the power for a second. Think about the way the society is functioning. Ghazan society. If it was based on weak foundations, you would pipe, you would find people flailing and crying and racing to every direction. Please save us. Rid us. We'll, we'll accept anything. They'll have this degraded approach to the affliction and trial that befell, has befallen them. Please, just stop bombing us. We'll give up whoever you want us to give up. But no, you find this grit and this strength. Why aren't they submissively raising the white flags? Yet you're finding them as they're looking at their lost family members by the dozen, right? Wholesale loss of family over there. Person today loses one family member, two family members, three family members. Cries over it for years, depressed. Can't, I, can't, I can't come back to my normal routine. I lost my mother or my father or my sibling or my son or my daughter. In Gaza, it's wholesale loss of life for families. 10, 20, 30, 40 mem members of a family lost just like that. And yet you find them looking at that and saying, we're not going to back down. We're not going to give up. We're not going to surrender. We're going to endure patiently with our reality. Brothers and sisters, there are trials and difficulties elsewhere in the world. Why haven't they produced this type of response from a community like we find it in Gaza? That's a question worth reflecting on. People deal with trials whether they're good people or bad people, so to say, or whether they're uh, in the right or in the wrong. They deal with trials and afflictions. But not every trial or affliction brings out, brings out such beauty from people. I need to reflect on this. How can I get to that point? As we've seen in the video in this past week, of there being some young boy inspired to do what someone in our past did long ago. As he was, there's no uh, anesthesia, there's no medicine to uh, help him deal with uh, the surgery or the procedure that was about to be done to him. The only thing he could do is read Quran. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Ten-year-old boy, this is the iman in his heart. Where is this coming from? It shows us that the companions of the Prophet ﷺ and their demeanor and disposition and attitude is not something that is out of reach for people today. I need to go back to figure out how I'm living my life. What adjustments do I need to make to find this type of strength? Can I ever? How do trials change the way we think? Or how can trials change the way we think? 
How can they elevate our outlooks? How can I? I'm, we're all dealing with stuff. How can this difficulty that I'm going through personally make me truly great? That's something to think about. Think about. I want us to think about another. So that was one scene. There's another scene from this past day to think about. It gives us an eye into this mindset that's been developed over the generations of oppression and apartheid that Israel has been imposing upon the, upon the people in Palestine. Brothers and sisters, Brothers, so that people don't have to try to find spaces between the lines. If you see any space in front of you, please fill it. This humiliating scene in Gaza, stripping dozens of men in Gaza who were hiding in some school. Hiding, seeking shelter in it. They weren't combatants. They weren't fighting. They were with their families. Taking them from the school into the middle of the streets. Stripping them of their clothes and their dignity. Making them sit on the floor. Looking down on the ground. As these devils among humans are videotaping them for the rest of the world. Yet we find the hypocrisy of the world turning a blind eye to these types of sights. Humiliating scene that's been going on for, for decades. This is not a new scene. This is a reminder. The people of Gaza have been relieved of this since their oppressors were kicked out of Gaza in 2007. And may they be kicked out again and never let in again. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Rid those lands of the oppressors in Palestine. May Allah rid Palestine in its entirety from these people who have abused their power. I have no sense of humanity. A soldier from the IDF videotaping these men on the ground in rows, humiliated, naked. Brothers and sisters, it's a reminder. It shows us about a coveted spiritual state called ittirar. Ittirar or being in a state of dire necessity, realizing, you know what, I have nowhere to go but to Allah. Not going to go. I, I can't expect support and aid to come from this country or that country or this power or that power. There's only one power that can get me past my oppressor that's right in front of me. That's the power of Allah. That state of ittirar, when it settles in the heart, brothers and sisters, it causes immense power within. Allahu Akbar. Brothers and sisters. Meanwhile, we find the spineless head of the Palestinian Authority talking about how he's going to rule Gaza after the war finishes. This utterly disgraceful munafiq speaking as these people are being killed by the thousands of his ambition for power. Akhzahullah. Brothers and sisters, this is something to reflect on. What causes dignity and honor and what causes disgrace? What the powers in 
Daffa and the West Bank have caused for Palestine and the Palestinian cause is utter disgrace and weakness. Brothers and sisters, as we're diagnosing, where's the roadmap for change? How can I change as an individual? How can we change as an ummah? How can we have a disposition that is unbeatable? In order for me to arrive at true guidance on this, as we've been speaking about different aspects of this for weeks, I need to be able to have the foresight to diagnose what are our problems, our ailments, our illnesses, as individuals and as an ummah, diagnosis is one. And then I need to have, and doctors are going to like this expression, I need to have the foresight to see the prognosis of where these ailments have, can lead us as an ummah. Brothers and sisters, diagnosis, what's the status quo? What is the darkness and disease that dominates? And where do these ailments lead us as individuals and as an ummah? Prognosis. And then after that, treatment. How can we truly emerge from this darkness into light? Brothers and sisters, we need to have this progression in our thought as a community. I can't just be angry at the world. Anger will do nothing to make the world a better place if that's where it ends. No. No. When we mention examples of hypocrisy of politicians or of mainstream media, corporate media, or when we mention examples of how the world has become rife with corruption, or when we mention examples of the double standards and the fraudulence of modern ideologies like we've been referencing for the past week. Capitalism, what has it truly done? Individualism, what has it truly done? Zionism as a modern ideology and what is it doing and what has it done? When we speak of these things, it's not just to trigger anger. Yes, we're all sad, we're all angry. How will my progress, how will my thought progress as an individual and as a community? We need to. Brothers and sisters, this is the only way we could truly bring, bring change to our reality. Yes, we know our reality is dark and stark. The House of Representatives reminded us of that this past Tuesday. When it passed a resolution to equate Zionism or anti-Zionism with anti-Semitism. Yeah, the, the, our politicians remind us of how much ignorance there is in the world. This utterly foolish and ignorant reaction shows us no knowledge of history and no awareness, no true awareness of reality. Brothers and sisters, yes, we know there is this darkness. But now, we as individuals need to think, what is the state of our ummah? And... How can we get past it? We've been speaking about some aspects of this. Corrupting education. 
socially corrupting daily life, corrupting religious messaging, suppressing voices for change, isolationist mindset, right? As long as my little small tiny corner of the world is fine, I'm good. As long as there's no problems in my, in my country or in my city or in my town, I don't care what happens to the rest of the world. That's, that, that's isolationist mindset. We've been speaking about these different things. We've been speaking about the colonized mindset and what it has done to us on an individual level, on um, a macro level and at a micro level. Micro level as individuals and at a macro level for us as communities and as an ummah. We need to investigate further. What is Islam supposed to trigger? What change is it supposed to bring about? Islam, when our beloved Prophet ﷺ brought its nur to humanity, the nur of Islam, it came to a similar reality that was rife with corruption. It came to a reality where idols were worshipped, corruption was so widespread, there was a caste system in society. And it utterly dismantled all that falsehood and all those falsities to bring the justice of Islam that thrived as a civilization for over a thousand years. How could this be revived, brothers and sisters? How can it be revived? Well, let's go back to the pillars of what you and I believe in. That's part of understanding it. The visionary mindset that are in Arkan al-Islam. The thing that you and I live by that guides our moral compass. Well, I never thought about Arkan al-Islam like that. Yeah, sure, salah, siyam, zakah, and hajj. But what, what, is it, what is there in that that's so transformative for society? Brothers and sisters, when we look at the visionary mindset in Arkan al-Islam, we'll find something profound. That the first two of these, salah and siyam, Focus on reforming the individual. There's no way that the, the, the tide could turn. There's no way that the direction of the ummah can change if the individuals don't change along with it. It's not something that happens at a macro level that we're going to find this great za'im. We'll forget about za'im. We're never going to find this great za'im. This great za'im that's going to guide the corrupt ocean of followers behind him to become such great people. It's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. It doesn't happen at a macro level. It's not policy and, and politics that changes what's within the hearts of people. That's something that happens at a very personal, intimate level. Salah and siyam and all that it symbolizes in terms of spiritual liberation. Allahu Akbar. These are one aspect of the equation. The next rukun from Arkan al-Islam, the next pillar, zakah, dismantling poverty and giving opportunity. Another equation in bringing change at a fundamental level for society as a whole. That's what it was historically. Zakah was this transformative system that Islam introduced that truly rooted out Loss of opportunity from the lives of people. No, it's not about giving a donation. Yeah, I give a poor person $5 today. Guess what he's going to need tomorrow? Another $5. Give him the, it tomorrow. What is he going to need the day after that? It's going to be pouring into a cup 
that'll never fail. But zakah is more than donation. Brothers and sisters, zakah, what is it centered on? Loss of opportunity corrupts society. When you look at the Muslim world, you can see this so evidently. Loss of opportunity. Brothers and sisters, when people can't even, can't even gather and assemble to bring about change. They can't, even, they can't even suggest change. There are countries among our Muslim countries that even if you were to suggest change, you'd end up locked up in a prison cell. How dare you suggest any form of change? No. You have to live with the corruption. Live with the loss of opportunity. Brothers and sisters, that's the second part of the equation. Wallahi, brothers and sisters, those, many of us here who know people back home and the way they're living, you could see this, how it really, really, really suppresses and breaks the back of society. In our Muslim countries, you find people who are brilliant minds with ingenuity, with creativity, with ability. But society with its corruption bangs them on the head so much that they, they don't dare think. They're not allowed to think. If you want to think, think about Rif al Aish. Think about your piece of bread. Anything else, you're going to find what comes to you. Brothers and sisters, the last of these pillars of Islam and how it inspires this visionary mindset, inspires this sense of unequivocal. Unequivocal togetherness, magnifying jama'ah. Brothers and sisters, if we're honest with ourselves, we will find that we will be able to trace back most of our difficulties on an individual level, found because we're isolated, we're alone. I don't have good voices around me. I don't have people to help me in my time of need. Yeah, if you're one of those people who could answer that question with a yes, you're a lucky person. Most people don't have that. Isolated. Focused on our individual lanes. Hajj reminds us, no, 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 we're an ummah that's meant to be together. And that's where we truly find our strength. Brothers and sisters, there's so many aspects to this. Think about this. What needs to change about me? What needs to change about me? The more I think about this question, the more I'll actually be able to find relevance to what's happening around the world. One thing, Allah tells me, Allah tells us and He commands us, cooperate in two things. Two things. They're two separate things. Cooperate in benevolence, meaning what? Change is not an individualistic endeavor. It can't be, it can't be me alone. Cooperate in benevolence, bir, doing goodness to society and to others. That's not meant for you to do it all by yourself. What taqwa? This component of it is the spirituality is, cannot be this lonely path. I can't grow in my iman all alone. Why do you think we have to pray Salat al-Jama'ah every single day, five times a day? And for those who don't come to it, why do you think there's this obligation of coming to it once a week with Jumu'ah? I can't grow spiritually alone. That's nonsense. The Prophet ﷺ did not even do that. When the Prophet ﷺ was in Mecca, 
For 13 years, by the end of this entire duration, the companions were in the dozens, not many. After 13 years of da'wah. But then when he went to Medina, just for 10 years, they went from dozens to tens of thousands. That shows us the difference in when goodness comes together. In the form of a community, in the form of community effort. This is a framework for change, brothers and sisters. I want to experience change. Guess what? The more I stay in my little silo, I will never experience change. I really want to feel that my connection with my deen actually makes a difference in my life. Guess what? The more I stay in my little bubble and my little silo, I will never experience that. Yeah, I want to see society become better. Guess what? If I isolate from society because of how corrupt it is, I will never see that happen. This is just one aspect of it. What needs to change about me? This is a question I could reflect on for days. And if you're someone, well, I don't, I don't think, I hope not. May Allah protect us. Someone, maybe, maybe when they ask themselves this question, what needs to change about me? They may say, well, nothing. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Nothing needs to change about me. Allahu Akbar. Anyone who answers this question like that is so delusional and so far removed from reality. Brothers and sisters, we need to change ourselves. We want to change the ummah? Starts here. Starts with me. Starts with us. May Allah better us. May Allah use us. May Allah inspire us. But those beautiful examples from Gaza of iman and, and, and tawakkul and trust in Allah and yaqeen and resilience. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspire us by them. To join ranks with them. As an ummah, collectively, ridding the world of corruption and bringing the nur of guidance to it. Allahumma ameen, ad'u Allah wa antum muqinuna bil ijabah. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammadin ashraf al-khalqi wa Sayyidin mursalina wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Ya ayu al-lazina amanu, attaqu allaha wal tanzur nafsum ma qaddamat li ghadin. Wa attaqu allaha, inna allaha khabirun bima ta'amalun. Amma ba'd, brothers and sisters, I believe that this thread of thinking is the most productive action that we could possibly do as we're watching what's happening in Gaza. Don't just get angry. Don't just get emotional and sad. No. What can I do to change about it? What can I do to bring about change? Worldliness, we spoke about that. The grudges, the attachments, the fear, the opportunism, the luxury, all of that and what it inspires under worldliness. Embodying truth, we spoke about that last week. And what it inspires in terms of sincerity, genuineness, authenticity, sacrifice, devotion. I want these characteristics in my life. I want to live by them. Wallahi, if I live by them, my life will change. Wallahi, brothers and sisters, change is at our fingertips. I just need to be willing to take hold of it. I need to be willing to take hold of it. Am I selfish? Or am I selfless? Honest question for myself. How much of my time is dedicated to my personal private life? Is my week colored with selfless acts that have no return on investment? I'm not getting anything out of it. Is, is that part of my week? Am I doing things for other people? Is that a priority to me? Am I concerned for the condition of the ummah? Am I really? How does that translate to my actions and my behavior? 
If I was to face my judgment now, and I was asked, what have you done for others? Will I have a good answer? We need to keep thinking about this, brothers and sisters. So much more to reflect. I pray Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspires and guides us to change ourselves and then to change our community and our ummah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala better the condition of the ummah in the east and west. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rid the world of corruption and corrupt people, oppressors and oppression, aggressors and aggression. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us to see an um, uh, a day in which the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu is revived to its fullest potential. Allahumma ameen, Allahumma fillana, warhamna, waafina, waafu anna, wa tajawaz an sayyatina, Allahumma fillis sagirina wa kabirina, wa dhakarina wa unthana wa shahidina wa ghaibina, Allahumma nahiyatahu minna, fahihi ala iman, wa man amattahu minna, fahamattahu ala islam, Allahumma jaal khayra umrina akhira, wa khayra amalina khawatima, wa khayra yamina yawmina alqaka fi wa taradun anna, ameen, ameen, wa akhidu alhamdulillah, wa alhamdulillah, wa akhidu alhamdulillah, a uh, reminder, we'll pray Asr um, uh, immediately when it comes in, inshallah, which is in about 10 minutes. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, Ashhadu anna Muhammad rasulullah, Hayya ala salati, hayya ala al-falah, Qad qamat al-salatu, qad qamat al-salah, الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله استقيموا يرحمني يرحمكم الله الله أكبر بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إذا زلزلت الأرض زلزالها وأخرجت الأرض أثقالها وقال الإنسان ما لها يومئذ تحدث أخبارها بأن ربك أوحى لها يومئذ يصدر الناس أشتاتا ليروا أعمالهم فمن يعمل مثقال ذرة خيرا يره ومن يعمل مثقال ذرة شرا يره الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر
Allahu Akbar Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alhamdulillahirrabbilalamin Arrahmanirrahim Maliki yawmiddin Iyaka na'budu wa iyaka nasta'in Ihdinas siratal mustaqim Siratal ladhina an'amta alayhim Ghayril maghdubi alayhim Waladdalin Amin Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alhaakumut takathuru Hatta zurtumul maqabir Kalla sawfa ta'lamun Thumma kalla sawfa ta'lamun Kalla law ta'lamun Ilma al-yaqeen Latarawunna al-jahim Thumma latarawunna Ayna al-yaqeen ثم لا تسألون يوم عن النعيم الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه وله أذان uh, for Asr is in five minutes. We're going to pray immediately after that, inshallah. Uh, we have a number of things happening at the Masjid in the next few days. Uh, tonight we have a continuation of this conversation. Um, we're going to be discussing the essential characteristics for a community of believers. We're going to discuss it in the Friday forum after Salat al-Isha in the masjid here. You're all welcome to join us. Uh, tomorrow the masjid has its annual fundraiser. It's the ICPC annual fundraiser. It's going to be happening in ICPC Patterson, inshallah. And uh, it's going to be at 6 p.m. It's going to be starting with Salat al-Isha. Tomorrow in Patterson, we're going to be praying Salat al-Isha at 6 p.m. And then the program is going to be um, for a few hours after that. It's going to involve Sheikh Qatanani, Sheikh Yasser, myself, Sheikh Abdul Hamid. And it's going to be involving also updates about the masjid's work. How is 
the masjid, um, uh, making advances for the Palestinian cause, for supporting other causes like we did in the past year for Morocco and for Libya and for other places in the world that were afflicted for Sudan as well. And we're going to be discussing um, also uh, the activities in, and the programming in the masjid and how it's been growing and developing. We ask you all to join us, bi'ithnillahi ta'ala, 